Hey guys, we're back with a new episode of According To, the podcast made to teach rising entrepreneurs and business owners like yourself how to navigate your way through the marketing industry. From public relations to digital advertising, we're going to cover it all. Whether you're a life coach, fashion designer, musician, realtor, or influencer, you're sure to pick up bits of actionable advice from renowned industry professionals when you tune in for According To. On this episode of According To, we'll be hearing from Tiana Graham, archivist, fashion historian and research consultant. Tiana is the founder and curator of Archive Alive, a digital repository that provides context to rare archival content. Tiana shares her journey into becoming an archivist and why she founded Archive Alive, a platform she uses to inspire others to venture into this career. All right. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Tiani Janae Graham from Long Island, New York, currently residing in Brooklyn. I am the owner and founder of Archive Alive, a digital repository which provides the con- which provides context to rare archival content. Um, I'm currently the archivist at Tom Brown, and I love being an archivist. I'm Tiani. I'm an archivist, and I it took a long journey to get here. Initially, like. From middle school, I knew I wanted to work in fashion. Um, I took a lot of fashion courses, fashion marketing, fashion history, um, fashion illustration. That was the one path that I thought like, okay, I'm going to be a fashion illustrator. But then fashion illustration went digital. And I knew that I was an analog girl, like in the sense through and through. I went to draw by hand. I knew I wanted to be like Antonio Lopez. But then as technology advanced and things changed, I had to pivot. Um, but And I always knew that I wanted to do fashion. So I thought I wanted to be a fashion journalist. Um, I wanted to write reviews and just everything regarding fashion. And then like publications, their importance kind of took a step back to blogging and I wasn't really interested in being a blogger like I this and this was back when like it was new um and you could still and people weren't really getting front row as shows unless you were like in the industry and worked for a company um so then I pivoted again and I thought I wanted to be a buyer so I went to college for fashion merchandising at LIM college and I got my BBA in it um it's a great degree to have I learned so much but um as I did internships and started working in the field I knew that it wasn't really for me I'm not like I'm good with numbers but I don't want to do it every single day for the rest of my life. Very monotonous, no creativity whatsoever. And I just saw myself being one of those people who would be stuck at their job, hating it, but getting a little bit of money. So that like would buy more time. But um, it was actually when I took a fashion history course at LIM College, my professor, like she just really loved what she did and her enthusiasm really rubbed off on me because I was always a history girl. Like in school at recess, I'm reading biographies. Like I loved um, biopic movies. I loved documentaries. So um, that first like primary resources as um sources of knowledge like that's my thing I want to get to the root and the nitty-gritty um so I started I didn't even know like how you could become a fashion historian anything like that I never knew a fashion historian aside from my professor 
So um, I just started looking into different things. Um, and somehow an archivist came into the mix. Um, and I saw that they deal with primary resources and historians and archivists parallel, but the way that they use and um, access information is different. So I was like, okay, um, I know that our school has an archive, but I don't even know where it is. It was like on the 14th floor completely away from everything and everybody. And I saw that they were hiring for the library and I was like, mm, cute, but I know I wanna be in the archives. And there wasn't a position for it, but I went to the library director and I was like, um, I know you're hiring for an, a librarian, but I wanna be in the archives. Like, And I told him about all his passion and everything. He was like, okay um i'll get in contact with the archivist and we'll go from there and then like the next week i had an interview and then i got the position so i created the um assistant archivist position at lim college and um from there i interned at the met in the costume institute library um that was literally the greatest experience of my life to this day i've done a lot of things but that experience like there's no comparison um the just being exposed to the largest art museum in the country one and just you're surrounded by art inspiration people and then the people that you work with are so intelligent and my supervisors they were so hands-on with my professional development and it was just like i have to win like they're investing in me um they really care about like what i like and what i want to do and who i want to be so um from there like once i got in the met i was like okay i'm in the big leagues i have to take this seriously because you can only go up from here um and after i was at the met um i actually got renewed um for my term it was i was only there i was supposed to be there for the spring semester from february until may and i was graduating that year as well but they extended it because they liked how i worked and they liked the enthusiasm and they saw like the potential in me so i actually after i graduated they gave me like a little bit of time um to just you know breathe and enjoy that moment and then i came back in like maybe three weeks later and um i knocked it out and that was the same time that the heavenly bodies exhibition was going on and that was um the costume institute's largest exhibition so it's just like my introduction to the field is just like so grand and so it's it was a little bit overwhelming because of the prestige, but I just had to keep telling myself, like, I belong here. They chose me again, like even after the first term was over. Um, but unfortunately, after that, um, there's I learned the hard way. There's really not that many jobs in the archives field. Um, and at the Met, there's only one librarian and there's only been one librarian for like 10 years. So it's just, yeah, it's not that much room for growth. And the barrier to entry in the archives field is very high because they require a master's degree in library and information sciences. And I just graduated with my undergrad and I wasn't ready to go to grad school yet, especially because of the money. Um, 
And then, so after the Met, I started working back in fashion um, as a merchandise operations assistant. Um, a lot of logistics, a lot of numbers, a lot of reports, a lot of analyzation, and waking up very early and going to sleep, just doing it over. It, I felt like I was on like one of those hamster wheels that was just never ending. And I just didn't really feel fulfilled, especially coming from the Met and being so inspired every single day and then going to this boring job, coming back home, doing it all over again. So that's when I actually started um, Archive Alive um, as a creative outlet, because I was like, I can't do this forever. So I have to create something. Like, even if this doesn't make me money, it makes me feel good. Um, and then, yeah, I just started, like, I started it October 2018. It didn't really get consistent until the new year of 2019. And I just started taking it more seriously. I started becoming more consistent. And then I noticed, like, with the consistency, you start seeing the numbers go up. And um, after work, like, after my job, I would go straight to the library, like, until it closed. And I would just digitize and look through materials and just see, like, what am I seeing that I haven't seen on the internet yet? And what do I want people to, to know and see? Um, and that's really how um, Archive Alive got started. And I also was the archives coordinator at Estee Lauder. Um, it was a fun job. I learned so much on that as well. But um, it was a project-based job. And by the grace of God, I got that job because um, the supervisor at the time had actually worked at the Met for like 10 years before she got there. So it was like that commonality. And so even though I didn't have my master's degree, it was like, okay, you were in this space. I know who actually you learned under. So there was that established trust. And then from there, it just got better. And now I'm at Tom Brown. Absolutely. Um, often I am the only black person in a room um, when like when it comes time to having a meeting or anything like that, like I'm almost always the only black person or the only visibly black person. And at Estee Lauder, I ran into that a lot because the company itself, like just throughout each department is very white. So you feel you feel it, you definitely feel it, but I am thankful for the community that I have found and built like amongst myself. Um, I'm actually a part of the Black Memory Workers Coalition and um, that consists of archivists and librarians um, from all different practices because people don't know like you can be an archivist and like work in agriculture, um, you can be a fashion archivist, you can be um, a beauty archivist, you can be a museum archivist, you can be an academic like any field you can so we all come together and we support each other like if there's job openings that we know of hey family this is open or um any type of support that we need any questions any like initiatives that we want to start and we need help like i'm so grateful for that community um i love history and i love knowledge like 
as a foundation first and foremost. I love research um, because you go down little rabbit holes. You'll be looking for one thing and then you find another. And then like just your not the way that your knowledge can expand just from reading is just I'm always amazed by it. And then for me to know as much as I know and to still know that I don't know everything, but I want to share what I know with people because I know that this is very time consuming and it's just not something that everybody wants to do, especially the organization factor of it. But I've always been that person. Like my closets are organized. I have a home library and archive which I keep in the same regard professionally as I do like with my personal stuff. Um, I just, that's always been me as a person. Um, I've always been a collector. Like I've always collected CDs and I've always collected magazines, like first and foremost. So it just seems like a natural innate thing for me to go into. It was just all a matter of finding it. Oh, um, recently I was also in ID Magazine too, like last week. Mm -hmm. It feels amazing. And I'm always in awe that people even want to talk to me about what I do because I just do it out of love. Like I don't do it for the recognition, um, anything like that. I don't do it for the money. Like I do it because I really, really love history. I love art. I love fashion. I love the visual arts. And I just love sharing information with people. And ever since um, the George Floyd um, riots last year, I had to pivot because I used to post everybody, but I would have like a little bit more emphasis on Black people just because I wasn't seeing us, especially in the fashion scape. So after that, I was like, nah, I got to focus on us because I buy a lot of books as well. So it was just so much that I learned and photo books as well. I'm like, wow, we looked like this in 1890. We were always this fly. We were always this innovative and this smart and this, and just so lit. Like, so I was like, nah, I got to show everybody like this. This is not on us. This is in us. Like we've always been it. Yeah. Um, well, for me, like, number one, research, like research, 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 you do not, you do not want to come into the field and just not have a grasp on like, you don't have to know everything, but there is something that you should like, really be able to speak in depth to. Um, as far as, as fashion as well actually because you'll have a conversation with the fashion girl and she's like oh yeah that Rick Owens collection from summer 15 look 33 and I'm like uh. but <laughs> research is everything <laughs> and then I will also say um connect yourself to like-minded people um and people that you want to be aligned with um because in the archives, there just are not um, that many examples for you to go off of. And even if you go to school, there's still so many things that you won't learn until you actually are in the field practicing. Um, so I would say that as well, like actually like look up what exactly the work is and see what you could do on your own. Cause I haven't gone to grad school yet, but I actually met um, with the director of the costume studies program at 
um, NYU, and I want to go to their dual master's program of costume studies and library and information sciences. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, I want a company to pay for it. Like, I don't want to go into any more debt. And I've gotten this far without it, but it's because like, I've done so much work and grinding on my own. Like, I and still to this day, like I have um, a book that I read every morning going into work that helps put things into perspective for me. And there's certain things that you won't even know that you need to think about, but read, research, and just start doing the work, pop in. Okay, um, Archive Alive was created, um, like I stated before, just um, as a creative outlet. I got really bored of my nine to five corporate job and I just needed some visual stimulation really like I was just so bored of looking at spreadsheets every single day um and I missed being able to just dive into a book especially a photography book um because those are really expensive and kind of rare and I didn't have the same access to them. So I was going to my school's library, actually. And I had graduated at this point. But since I created the position of the assistant archivist and I still maintain that relationship, they allowed me to use the library and the archive at my disposal. And there, like, there's a lot of different archive pages that already exist. But I wanted to focus on high resolution, high quality images. Um, I wanted the images to look exactly how they look when I saw them on the expensive paper that they were printed on. Um, and a lot of times, like when you would go on Google and you would see some images, like you could tell it's a good image, but it's so blurry and pixelated that it doesn't hold the same weight. So I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna get into that editing space as well. I don't know the technicalities of it, but I know how I like things to look. So um, that's another thing that I do as well. I actually, I digitize the images myself. I don't go on Google and Pinterest and stuff like that and take them from other places. I actually like buy books and magazines um and i borrow from the library um sometimes too but a lot of the times the books that i want are so rare or out of print that they don't have them in their collection so that's another thing yeah i source um rare books as well um especially in the off print mark in the out of print market um I digitize i edit and then the storyteller aspect of it too um and just the general foundation of providing credit, because that's another thing, like you would just see an image, no caption, no date, nothing. And I'm like, no, at the very minimum, we're gonna have who is in the photo or who created the photo, where did it get published, what year, um, and things like that. And whatever information that I could find, I would provide. Like if it was an editorial shoot, I'm down to the set designer and the manicures. Like you're getting your credit too. And that's what people really started to appreciate. I started seeing like it would pick up that way because um, actually, for example, I digitized um, Khalees' um, album booklet for her second album, Kaleidoscope. And um, 
Yeah, it didn't get um, released in the U.S. until much later because of a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of label issues that happened at the time. And I had to research that in the process. So it's like something else that adds to the story and makes it more special. And the photographer, I credited her and she had actually never seen the final product. So it was like, okay, yeah, I'm on the right track. Cause like this lady created these amazing images for this amazing album and this amazing artist. And she has no idea that like after all these years, mind you, this was like 2019. And that album came out in the 2000s. Yeah, like I want to at least like a one, oh three in that realm. So yeah, um, and just like a lot of creatives started to appreciate like, okay, she's doing the work and she's making sure like we're being represented in the best light. So I was like, yeah, it's Tiani Graham of Archive Alive. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a true pleasure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Archive Alive. And for any research or archival services, you can email info at archivealive.co.com, C-O. Um, the Archive Alive website is coming very soon. And I'm actually working on a few um, philanthropic endeavors. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of According To. If you're not already a subscriber, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Want to ask a question for a future episode of According To? Email us at pr at accessbynkc.com. This podcast was produced by Access Consulting & Co. You can follow us at IAMNKC on Instagram. See you next time.